guys, welcome to the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George, and you're listening to our show Top 10, where we break down this week's biggest stories in the world of movies. And joining me today to discuss all this cool stuff is Connor. What's up? And Benny. Hello. How are you guys today? Not too bad. Super duper. Ready to talk some really cool stuff, most notably Thor 3. Ragnarok. Ready and willing. Um, all right, so first up, we've got uh, Thor 3 set photos have come out. Um, giving us a little insight into um, what's been going on with the new uh, Thor film, which I'm I'm really excited. We've got a new look, um, a little bit more colorful, um, a haircut for Chris Hemsworth. Still dreamy, though. This movie um, looks amazing. I'm excited for it. Yeah, these photos are fantastic. Um, anything with Jeff Goldblum is already awesome. Jeff Goldblum painted he, up. He looks so cool in this. He looks a lot like the collector from uh, Guardians. Yeah. So there, there's some relationship there, I'm sure. Well, I got a little bit confused at first. I thought it was um, the guy from Gu- the collector from Guardians. Um, yeah, I think they're part of some ensemble of. They're connected. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're part of okay, the same yeah. group of weirdos, or not weirdos. just like a recast. No. Just like slid in there. Wow. No one saw that coming. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. But yeah, no, this looks amazing. I love also the uh, armor on Chris Hemsworth that he's wearing. It's a uh, little asymmetric, really interesting designs. Kate Blanchett. I didn't even realize that was Kate Blanchett for the first like, sort looks- of time I saw the pictures, but she looks really cool. So like a gothic kind of look. And I, I, I'm really excited for this. Taika Waititi did um, Hunt for the Wilder People. And what we do, what we do in the shadows. What we do yeah. in the shadows. Yeah. Amazing, amazing films, movie. amazing films, and I can't wait to see him working with a budget and a franchise like Thor. Uh, the the stuff he can play with there, I'm just incredibly excited. You kind of wonder though, um, when people get or when good directors that have that, you know, low budget feel get a lot of money, and you can kind of see it with Guy Ritchie when you look at like Snatch or Lockstock. I watched Lock, Lockstock last night. It's such a cool film, largely because it is so low budget. It kind of gives that gritty feel. It gives that real feel. Um, yeah, and you've got to work within the parameters of the budget and, and be smart with your money. So it makes you push the envelope. Exactly. So I, I, I'm a bit hesitant to see whether that big budget will affect his style and whether the, some of that style that we loved in his previous films will transfer over. Look, everyone's getting really hyped for this movie and it does look amazing. Um, but you got to remember, it is just going to be another Marvel movie, which means it's going to be an awesome popcorn flick, but it's going to feel the same as all the rest of them, probably. Kind of meat grinder, turn out a new Marvel film type deal. It's going to be a product. It's not going to be an awesome indie Taika Waititi film. But they have been doing really well lately at letting their directors put a bit of their own flair in there. Um, you know, with Guardians and, and whatnot. Doctor uh, Strange as well, I thought. He got to flex a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So hopefully this continues that trend and pushes it even further, because it looks amazing. How do we all feel about the hair controversy? Uh, I was a bit, you know, kind of on the fence about it originally. Kind of sensitive about hair. <laughs> if you look, his Son his haircut in Thor one is bizarre. It's, it's so terrible. short. He, he looks like Hulk Hogan in that movie. They yeah. dyed it. They like bleach blonde his eyebrows. It, it's a bad look. It's hard to go back and look so, at that one. But when he's had the longer hair and the the, the various incarnations of Thor have been really great. But I think this is cool, man. I think he looks amazing, and I, it's um, there's obviously going to be a component in the story to why. He hasn't just gone down the road to, you know, get a haircut. Well, I, I feel like it's one of the um, theories that was floated around um, based off the comics is that uh, when Thor cuts his hair, it's because he's unworthy. Um, it's that uh, unworthy Thor type deal. He, he loses um, his hammer or something, right? He loses his hammer, yeah, because he's not worthy of it. And then th- someone else takes up the mantle of 
Thor, essentially, and he kind of goes off on this rogue. Natalie Portman's character, in fact. Oh, yeah. That, I'd be so keen to see Natalie Portman throwing around that Thor. hammer. Just Thor. George, wow. just Thor, all right? Not Thorette or anything. Just <laughs> Thor. I love Thorette. My favorite. Um, oh, no, I, I just love the boldness, though, of uh, taking this character and making him essentially unrecognizable. He just looks like any gladiator now. Uh, and on that note, that's why he has his head shaved, Connor, not because of some magic hammer. That's silly. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, look, really excited for that film. Um, another film I'm I'm kind of excited for is the new Alien one. Not not Covenant, the one that comes after Covenant, because apparently Ridley Scott's already written that film. Yay, Ridley! Now, does it definitely come after Covenant, or is it perhaps said I, before? It's well, all right. So it's. Potent, I don't know, actually. To be honest, let, let, with the timeline of the Alien films, it could be anywhere. This is the prequel to the epilogue of... The prequel to the sequel. The prequel to the sequel. Yeah. It, entirely possible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I, th- I think Ridley is... He's saying he's going to do another three films, and make, the next one's written already. Make and, one good one, and then we'll talk about a franchise, all right? Obviously, I'm not counting um, Alien. He did make a good one. He did make it. Well, that was a long time ago. And we're not talking about Prometheus again. We've gone down that well enough. Well, it's, it's technically not an Alien film, is it? There we go. So we don't need to talk about it. Star Trek wasn't about Khan either. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Ridley, Ridley's really obviously kind of in Alien mode right now by the sounds of these comments. Um, he said uh, in a quote from the Sydney Morning Herald's uh, exclusive set visit to Alien Covenant... Uh, you don't want a two-year gap, so I'll be ready to go again next year. Uh, so the alien machine is well and truly pumping. I reckon he could be on this for another six, eight years and do a whole heap. Four alien films from Prometheus to whatever the next one, two, three films will be. So it's it's kind of bizarre. I think they're oversaturating it a little bit and I, I'm not sure how, how on board I am with that many alien films from one director because I love the series being each director kind of brings a different flavor to it. Yeah. I've always loved that about the alien, alien films and this one seems to be Ridley Scott really has quite a stranglehold on these films. Let's see what happens with Covenant. Maybe it'll change my mind, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about the, this. The jury's out. Um, do we know how many how many years we're in between Alien and Aliens? It was like oh, it's 70 like, or something. Yeah, 70, 70 years. Enough for a daughter to grow up and die. No, no, no. I mean, literally, how well, oh. how long it took between the, uh, the movies to come out. 79 and 87? Yeah, it, it, got short, it got shorter with each successive yeah. sequel, the amount of time between. But I, but I it was kind a big like gap that. for the first two. It allows the movies to be their own thing if you give it some time. I mean, this one, I feel, will very much be a trilogy. You will get, like, an overarc um, for the the story, um, whereas one of the beauties of of the original Alien and Aliens film, and even, you know, the three and four, were that they were own their, their own little creation, even mm-hmm. though they kind of dealt with the same material well, the you same can, you can chart like 30 years of of cinema history on those movies as, as trends and technology changes filmmaking changes it's a really interesting series because of that uh, for better and worse you know the movies vary in quality a lot but um these movies are probably going to be three cookie cutter alien prometheus style things i mean hopefully not but maybe you know it's entirely possible that it happens what well, one thing that really worries me about this film is a really important element of that first alien film is that you don't see much of the alien it's it's in the shadows it's a really important technique for that film, and so many directors have utilized that in the horror genre. 
as a part a way to make the film scary. Um, and this film at the trailer, the end of the trailer, it really bo- it's actually starting to bother me more and more because this this one seems to be going down the AVP routes, which I love. I actually really like AVP one, but it is what it is. And this is an alien film, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's going to get that right, that balance of horror. And I think this, I'm not sure if he's got a, a hold on what the franchise needs to be. Alien uh, Isolation, the video game, that's the best thing to come out of that franchise in decades. That was really cool. I, I didn't, I played it for maybe an hour and a half, not not that long, but it it really put you in that moment of those characters on yeah, the board of the ship. terrifying. I watched it on YouTube. I watched like the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that. I'm like, this is better than Prometheus, that's for sure. Well. Anyway, moving well, on. Well, well. Um, okay, up next we've got uh, The Last Jedi teaser descriptions. So um, the stakeholders were shown, the stakeholders in Disney were shown a, uh, an advanced teaser screening. Was it yeah. a teaser of a teaser? I don't know. Some, some kind of footage. Footage. Um, Guys, if you're worried about spoilers, don't be, because this is just a vague description of a teaser. Yeah. There's nothing. I mean, I don't know that there's much... Um, much that's kind of come out the guy one of the guys in there was tweeting the the descriptions um i think the the overall thing to come out of it was that it is looking epic there's lots of kind of varied locations um which we can assume means that there's going to be lots of world hopping Um, yes because you can't have one planet in the star wars universe that has more than one ecosystem on it that would be silly no no that's ridiculous no naboo science naboo there's one (laughs) it's got water and land and cities and cities. Oh, that's a good point. It's the most diverse thing in, in yeah, Star back, Wars. Yeah, back to Naboo. A bit more Naboo, please. Actually, I hate Naboo. We said no like the Naboo. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so uh, he, he tweeted, we saw all sorts of settings, mountains, oceans, forests, deserts. So we've got Starkiller Base there, mountains, forests, we've got Endor, deserts, we've got Jakku or Tatooine, oceans, we've got... There, there's an ocean planet. I don't Camino. know the name of it. Camino. Let's go back oh, to Camino. They've run, they run out officially. They've run out of environments. There's only so many settings that you can have in a movie. Like, there's just... It's, it's done. Unless they make something up. They've milked that tank. Yeah. Look, I, I, I kind of reserve judgment until we actually see a tre- uh, teaser from it. Um, I'll be excited to see um, what direction they're taking with it. Um, but I don't think there's really enough to kind of swing one way or the other. Um, the, but so the far. hype machine's gearing up. I think people are hungry for a teaser. Uh, Rogue One, Star Wars Celebration last year, Rogue One didn't do a teaser. It was like a back, behind the scenes featurette kind of thing. Well, I hope they just do a straight story teaser because I don't know how effective it was releasing just a behind the scenes. Gareth Edwards doing it his was, little It was effective in, spiel. in the audience that it was shown. So, you know, a lot of people that are super into Star Wars... Um, and love that behind the scenes kind of thing they really dug it but then they didn't get the um the kind of hype turning the way that they wanted to i think that they're gonna um, switch it up this time they're gonna start out with a a straight up story trailer or a story teaser um get kind of the broader public on board and then go with um the uh, behind the scenes to kind of satisfy a little bit more um in depth i think that's a better way to do it i I, i'd prefer it that way so if you're listening kathleen kennedy you know get on it we know you are we're, we're a big deal, all right? Yeah. yeah. Are, you, are you, are you going to cry at this teaser, George? I hope so. <laughs> I really do. That's what you want out of Did you cry on the last one? Uh, one of the rogue ones. I was, I was freaking rogue out. Rogue ones. Wow. Rogue ones. Rogue, rogue one ones. Rogue twos. <laughs> wow. I think the first official trailer 
um, for Rogue One. For Rogue One, yeah. Where it one of the main shots was that one where it panned down onto the um oh the big um star- the Imperial starship yeah, yeah. um. Why am that, I forgetting the name of it right now? Such a good That's shot, though. Star, star, star Destroyer. Wow, I say I'm a Star Wars fan. Disgraceful. He's wearing a Star Trek shirt right at this moment, actually. Oh, betrayal. Yeah. Uh, that that trailer, I, I was like, this cannot be bad. <laughs> but we learned but Flash forward a year, oh, well. just George in a fetal position. Yeah, Crying for a different forward. reason. Um, something a little bit more solid came out um, for Deadpool. Um, the new teaser trailer. I think it was called... Um, was it uh, No Good Deed? No Good Deed, right? Yeah, it's like a short film. This one, it was. I Very liked nice. it. I, I thought it was really. I thought it was really clever, mm. um, and kind of really got me hyped for this film. It, it was. It's. It's interesting how companies are starting to take uh, a different approach with how they're producing marketing material for their films, mm. and it, this is especially interesting because Deadpool Two hasn't even gone into production yet. This is mm. this is a long way off from release, but this is all this is all Ryan Reynolds' passion still driving this franchise. Like he's clearly just gone out and made them make this. It's very much the way that they kind of got the first one greenlit, which was uh, going out releasing what was it test footage, leaking the test footage, leaking yeah, which the was test Ryan footage. Reynolds. And funnily enough, this trailer got leaked as well. It did, uh, yeah, originally yeah. before they it released did. it. Um, and I think that that's kind of the the marketing ploy that they're going with and i think it's wildly effective i mean it was it was effective to the to the point where it made a studio make a movie for the first one um, it's a huge success as well deadpool so yeah so i think they're kind of queuing into the to the money train that is this type of marketing great stanley cameo that's the best one that's the best (laughs) one he's had in zip it stanley (laughs) in a long time so good yeah, um, it's it's uh, it was an interesting little three and a half minute short film. Poked a bit of fun at Superman with the utilizing the the Superman thing, which I thought was really funny because a, a Marvel property using a DC properties. Yeah, I don't know how they would have gotten that. I think you just music. I think you just license the film, you pay the money, you get the music. You know, yeah. it's it's a simple transaction. There was a lot of really subtle references in this in this uh, short film or the tra- trailer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's a cable reference um, in the graffiti on the actual telephone booth. Um, there was a Logan poster. Um, I love the way that they're kind of like announcing things and and referencing things. Um, the other uh, kind of subtle reference, it wasn't part of the trailer, but a, a tweet that Ryan Reynolds put out um, in, uh, I don't know if you saw it, the Dominoes. Mm. Um, and it spelt out the um, the new actor for for the Domino character. Which is I a, didn't see that. Yeah. And it's just this kind of clever marketing ploy um, uh, spelt out Zazie Beats, which can we just mention? Super cool name. I'm I'm with it. <laughs> yeah, she's from Atlanta, right? Donald Glover's uh, TV series. Yeah, so she's coming over to play Domino. I I know next to nothing about Domino. Um, I know ne- next to nothing about Cable or or any of the Dom um uh, Deadpool or about Zazie Beats or about Zazie Beats. So <laughs> or just generally anything. Yeah, <laughs> I just fake everything. I just kind of go along with it. Fake it till you make it. Come along. I guess we'll get the Cable casting news soon if they're already moving along with that. Yeah. Who do you Who do you think is going to go with it? Or who do you think they're going to get? Pierce Brosnan has been rumored, which seems like an interesting choice. I heard a guy, the guy from Stranger Things, the cop. Oh yeah, um, he's he been be in cool. negotiations. Yeah, yeah. With them, um, Pierce Brosnan. Again, I say that I don't know much about it, but Cable always seems to be like a, a relatively big dude. He's a big gruff asshole. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if Pierce Brosnan has that kind of. He's like the suave kind of. Not, he's not big and gruff. 
I think he could probably handle it. Stephen Lang's been really, really uh, trying to get that that role uh, from Avatar. Um, mm. Doesn't seem like there's any any movement on that though. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, yeah. he can try. I think he'd be a better choice than Pierce Brosnan. He's yeah, he's pretty spot on. It seems. I don't think Pierce Brosnan's a great choice, but maybe there's a very conscious decision being made there. Of course, yeah. there would have to be. Yeah, yeah. They they knew what they were doing with the first one. Yeah, so. Yeah. So we'll get it. We'll get there. Um, all right. So up next is uh, the new Power Rangers. Uh, some clips came out. Um, I mean, shock and awe. I wasn't actually a big Power Rangers fan as a kid. I'm like one of the only. Yeah, I, no. I, yeah. <laughs> Turn this off. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. It just it wasn't a big thing. Um, but this kind of looks like it would be more for people that enjoyed the TV series. I think they're banking on that being the main kind of driver for this because to someone that didn't have that as a big part of their childhood this movie looks a bit shit well to somebody who did have it as a key component of their childhood and actually one of the reasons why i think i love metal so much is because of that i that absolutely i was just twin about to say. guitar tapping lead in the um intro of for mighty morphin i've got the, the i've got the six minute version on my phone it's amazing Oh, you got a six-minute version? I've never heard that. Oh, it's good, man. Oh, dude. Okay, I know what we're doing after this episode. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right, though. It's definitely tapping into nostalgia, but it's also reinventing the franchise for a new generation of kids. I think eight-year-olds coming through will be loving this. I think it'll it'll do much the same thing as as they did with Transformers. They'll make this kind of big blockbuster, cookie-cutter type film. Um, It'll be successful enough to spawn a franchise but i don't think that we'll actually get any gems out of it i don't think it'll be good it'll, it'll resemble the original property less and less with each installment yeah get more and more fantastical and and less and less i mean by that point yeah you'll probably get some of the younger generations getting into it but i mean not because it's a great film more because it's a lot of action and and less substance i've, I've got an inside source i've heard early word on this movie is being absolutely terrible which is shocking on shocking again. to no one yeah. no i i I think that this movie will scrape by through um, nostalgia, and I don't think that there'll be any kind of substance to it. I think just the fact that Power Rangers is in the limelight, I'm happy purely that people are talking about it, and it's getting people to talk about the old series. So that's enough for me. I'm not expecting too much from this film, but yeah. and there was some interesting photography with sort of uh, one of the clips. They were sort of swimming through the water and gravity flipped on its head 180 degrees and there was some interesting stuff in there it has a lot of elements from chronicle i'm seeing a lot of retreading there and evidently max landis had a part in writing the script even though he's not credited so, I, uh, I like most of what La- uh, max landis puts out there i think it's uh, cool and well thought out scripts um i think it'll depend on how much he was involved um he's made some comments before about studios getting in into his scripts and kind of um he really made a big point of that with uh, american ultra um, which is a movie I really liked. I did too. Um, I like Max Landis's work, and if he's involved more, that kind of does give me a bit of hope. Could be some interesting ideas in there. Look, if this movie has the original theme song and a cameo from Kimberly, I'm happy. Moving on, um, we've got Marvel's Iron Fist um, is looking to be a bit of a dud. <laughs> Massively disappointing, considering the success that they've had with the um, both seasons of Daredevil, um, a really good Jessica Jones, and a really good Luke um, Luke Cage. Out of all the upcoming and announced TV shows that have happened, as all the ones you mentioned, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, 
Iron Fist has been the one that I've been the least excited for. I thought the trailer looked very generic. Mm. We've seen a lot of these sort of millionaire tycoon gone superhero kind of stories before. And I, I wasn't sure if this was going to be that great. And I will always reserve judgment for until I see it. But it's not looking great. I mean, basically all we do here is judge things before we see them. So... I don't, I don't know about <laughs> I'll, I'll wait until I see it. We've just like spent the last half an hour slamming movies we barely know anything about. No, it's only when I go, final judgment, <laughs> that the final judgment is served. Uh, we'll, it looks, we'll look out for that for, for Iron Fist. It looks so much like Arrow, which is not the best thing on TV. My hope was that it was going to be a good Arrow. Yeah. That was kind of when I first saw it. Because you're right, it's, it's practically the same story. Mm. Um, but I actually had really high hopes because of the the track record of marvel with their tv series i thought they know what they're doing um they've hopefully sorted out um what works with these kind of things what doesn't work with these kind of things i think they i think they're getting worse at it though i think they started out so strong with daredevil which um some people thought fizzled out a bit towards the end i thought jessica jones is just about the best thing marvel has done agreed Um, i've watched through that again recently amazing i think that one's pretty much perfect um, Daredevil season two, I really, really liked. Um, I thought there were definite issues towards the end. This seems like not getting worse. In fact, this seems to be getting better. No, no, I really, really liked it. I thought it was their worst thing yet, though, out of those three. And then Luke Cage, I thought really, really petered out. Um, really? I thought the back half of that was pretty terrible. I, I, I liked just Luke really Cage. didn't capitalize on on what it had going for it. Shockingly, Ben, I think you're wrong and ignorant. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I think the back half of Daredevil season two really didn't work for me. Yeah. Everything else up until that point, I loved. And also, I loved Luke Cage. I can't... I am completely in love with that whole series. I don't think it petered out towards the end. I thought I thought the style was so cool and what, what, they, were, what they were trying to do was awesome. And thematically, they, they were dancing around some interesting things, but I just really don't think they capitalized on it. And this is the first kind of Marvel property to where I was almost bored that one and so i'm not surprised entirely to hear that this might be continuing that trend that that is what they've said coming out of i think they've been able to see the first six episodes um some critics have been able to see the first six episodes of um iron fist and their main criticism is that it's just it gets to a point where it's a little bit boring um and the uh the fight scenes are, are a bit tired it's it's a shame after this series has um courted so much controversy already so yeah, the Hollywood Reporter's Daniel Feinberg, he gave his review and he said, Iron Fist feels like a step backward on every level, a major disappointment that already suffers from storytelling issues through the first six episodes made available to critics and would probably be mercifully skippable in its entirety if it weren't the bridge into the long-awaited Defenders crossover series. Ooh, bit of a scathing review there. Are you guys going to watch it? Do you think this is essential viewing for the Defenders? I am a Marvel whore. I will watch every single thing they put out. So, yes, I will watch all of this. Uh, fingers crossed it's just going to be the anti-Luke Cage and the back end will be really awesome somehow. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll watch it. I will reserve judgment on this one um, just because I think that I, I'd be so surprised to hear that Marvel has stuffed this up so much that it's like a 14% on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, I just think that that's such a... Well, it's gone from a 9 to a 14. Any so... idea how many reviews there are? Uh, I can have a look right now with the power of the internet. What a time to be alive. Look, I've sat through four seasons of Agents of Seal, Shield and two seasons Agents of, of Seal. Agents <laughs> of Seal. Um, and the two, Secret Circus. I've sat, I've sat through 
four seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and two seasons of Agent Carter, um, I think I'll be able to handle however many episodes of this era. You poor soul. Yeah, well. Uh, we were on a 14% from 14 reviews. Maybe everyone else will love it. You never know. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. This is actually this is the only reason I came in today because I wanted to do I wanted to I wanted to talk about this one thing that's happened this week. The new trailer for Geostorm has dropped. Geostorm. Geostorm. I <laughs> This movie is everything I hate about movies. <laughs> this trailer is everything I hate about trailers. I mean, I can't I, for anyone that hasn't seen it. It is probably the the slowest song, you know, <laughs> typical trailer crap that is out there at the moment it's just it's taken the last 20 years of disaster films and gone like let's really just let's make this weird <laughs> i love how last week we were talking about slow sad trailer music and well i just hadn't really picked up on that that trend and then boom geostorm comes out the ultimate example like, this is the pinnacle of this trend this has to be the last time it happens it it, it can't happen again i'm i'm really tired of these kind of end of days type films like what was the one with john cusack 2012 that 2012 was utter garbage what, the year only, did, what year did that come out uh 2013 <laughs> <laughs> um the only disaster film that i have ever watched and actually enjoyed was san francisco is that what it's called san francisco san andreas san andreas thank you sorry not mm. san francisco san <laughs> you in. like that one i all right got Dwayne. i loved that one partially because of Dwayne johnson um, but also because it did not, I didn't think that it took itself too seriously and I, I didn't take it too seriously. And it was set, I mean, one of the problems I had with 2012 is like, this is global catastrophe and there are these people running around like, you know, let's fly to the East coast and then to the West coast. And then we're going to go to like Nepal or wherever the hell they went. I was like, this is ridiculous. This is like, I mean, it's so all over the place. Um, one of the things I liked about San Andreas was that it was focused on this one kind of city. Um, it was a little bit more compacted story. Um, it wasn't, it didn't feel as tired. Um, it was, it was ridiculous. Don't get me wrong, but I think that it kind of lent into that ridiculousness and didn't take itself too seriously. Um, whether they intended to do that or not is, is to be to be decided but this one just looks it just looks so kind of we need to make things bigger and and more destruction and and you know what'll be really cool let's have a plane falling out of the sky i was like well that doesn't do it for me i'm sorry to say that i'm so excited for geostorm i I didn't hate the trailer i I love films like twister and deep impact and I, i wouldn't say i'm a disaster movie junkie but i do enjoy them and this one looks it just had some really goofy, funny moments. And I don't know if it was meant to be, you know, presented that way. But for me, I, I, I was cracking up, especially those those cyclones coming oh, down to the ground. Down, that looked like yeah. a video game. Mm. Like, what are you guys doing? This is brilliant. Look, I think the, the saving grace of this film will be if they don't take themselves seriously. But the the slow, um, you know, the slow music and the kind of the tone of the trailer made it seem as though... That that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make this a serious film, um, and I, I just I cannot sit through another serious disaster film. Um, I mean, there's good ones speckled out there, but I mean, on the whole, they're just utter shit. I can't sit through another Gerard Butler film, so that's <laughs> going to be my main beef. Uh, Olympus one. has fallen was an amazing film. Thank you very much, because again, it didn't take itself seriously. Yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah, oh, me neither. I've heard about the head stab. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I again. 
If a, if a movie doesn't take itself seriously, then I think it can be as crap as it wants, as long as it's entertaining. Um, as soon as a movie tries to be serious, then they are, you know, putting the bar up. And if they don't hit that bar... No, I totally know what you mean. They've got to set the rules right. And if they do keep it uh, fun and energetic, this film will be great. I love the trailer. I'm excited. I'm not expecting much, but this one's on my radar now. And I think it could potentially be just a fun popcorn flick. Yeah. We'll we'll see. (laughs) So uh, speaking of absolute disasters, Stagway, um, (laughs) Avatar 2 has been postponed again. Which, no. as far as I'm concerned, good Avatar ratings. Six has been postponed. Well, they haven't even made two yet. <laughs> I, I, I just reckon that this is going to be such a, a James Cameron. Oh, it's going to be epic, and yeah, it'll be like visually stunning, like Avatar One was. But I mean, if it's anything like the plot of One, then I'm, I'm kind of. Yeah, so James Cameron, he's basically said, uh, he said in a quote, "What people have to understand is that this is a cadence of releases." So we're not making Avatar 2, we're making Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5. I think there was a few ingredients with Avatar that made it so successful. Number one, 3D. Number two, there was a point of time where they just pushed the envelope of CG graphics to this other level that we hadn't seen before. And he he managed to, a few other elements had aligned for that film to make it... A billion dollars spent on marketing didn't hurt. Was it a billion dollars? I don't know. It was a lot. It was something absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Just throwing out figures there. $400 billion. Look, I, I think that he kind of struck it lucky because he hit 3D at a time where 3D was this cool, like coming back as a gimmick. Um, yeah, this, and this was that, that top billing film that was like, this is the 3D spectacle. Yeah. That you had to go see at the cinema. Yeah, and I saw it in 3D and I thought it was awesome. Um, but again, it was a bit of a nothing film at the end of the day. Like you rewatch that film, there's some, there's still some cool visuals. There's still like the the novelty of the the kind of world being CGI. But apart from that, it doesn't really stand up. I think um, the test of time. I, I don't think there's ever been a film that successful. Obviously, there hasn't been a film that successful, but that has had that little cultural impact, like. How often do you see someone walking around in an Avatar t-shirt or like yeah. someone cosplaying as Neytiri? I've never thought about that before. So did anyone really give a shit when he said, oh, we're not going to get this movie out by 2018? It's like, okay, whatever, we'll just keep waiting. Personally, I don't think there's demand for four sequels. Well, demand God for one no. sequel. Yeah. When he, when he said he's making another one, I, I just thought it was such a nothing comment. We're like, all right, well, we'll just wait for that to come out. And when we do, we might see it. We probably will see it. But I mean, I'm not happy about it. Fuck you, James Cameron. <laughs> I'll watch your it. films, but I won't be happy about it. Come and make Prometheus and fix that franchise. Ugh, get off it. Oh, That's exactly what we need. Yeah, another <laughs> bloody James Cameron. Actually, no, that was pretty good. But Yeah, what are you talking about? Aliens <laughs> <laughs> was really good. <laughs> I just, I resent the idea that Prometheus isn't a good film. As we, <laughs> as we all know it is. <clears throat> Anyways, next one. Um, so Kubo and the Two Strings director Travis Knight um, is to helm a, a Bumblebee spin-off film. Yes. Really? Yes, Bumblebee spin-off. Awesome. That's what we all uh, want to see. I really wanted uh, more Transformers films. Uh, I, I, we're really kind of kicking a dead horse at this point. Can Transformers just die? A dead billion dollar franchise horse. Yeah. I don't know. It's not going to die at this rate. Let, let's break this down. Kubo and the Two Strings, I loved that film. I thought it was an incredible 
film, one of my favorites from last year. Amen. Travis Knight, very talented guy. Him being put into the machine of Transformers and Paramount. What are the chances of us actually getting a cool Bumblebee film? Next to nothing. Is there any chance this movie could be animated? Is there any information on this this movie? Like what they're doing with the Spider-Man spinoff? That's a good observation. Once again. <laughs> well done, Ben. Ten Look points at you go. for Gryffindor. <laughs> Yay. Or you'd be, would you be Hufflepuff or Gryffindor? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest sledge of all time. <laughs> no one is like, I'm going home. If you ever did, you know those uh, quizzes you used to do um, back in the day? You'd just be like, you figure out which one. Everyone tried to go for Gryffindor. If you got Hufflepuff, that was like a, that was the worst day ever. Be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you just redo it until you got the right one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, look, I, I think that this... Um, if it's animated, I'd be cool to have it in the style of Kubo and the Two Strings. Um, I don't think he'll do it. You mean like stop motion? Yeah. No, no they'll never do ridiculous. that. They'll never do it. A stop motion Transformers. If the day that happens, I'll chop off my left arm. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, not, not necessarily. Right, use the actual so toys, though. That could be maybe not necessarily stop motion, but something that's kind of a little bit more funky. I think that would be cool. Um, it'll never happen. Um, I just don't think that they would allow. Uh, I'm assuming Michael Bay is going to be producing it or it has some kind of input. Um, and I don't think that Probably. he would ever allow a, a Transformers to go through that didn't have the option for large explosions and kind of just general mayhem and a Linkin Park song. I, 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 I'm going to let you finish. Um, but I, th- I think I'm onto something here. I think that could be a really good move for the franchise because everyone hates the movies. They're crap. Um, they well, make a lot of money. Yeah. But this could be a great way to just make a, a more kid-friendly one and get some kids back into it and do something a little more true to the actual franchise. Uh, like the the old cartoon or something. Oh, Ben, you you naive poor child. Oh God, they're not going yeah. to leave, leave me alone. I'm a Hufflepuff. Yeah, but yeah, as you said, Marvel are doing it with Spider Man. Maybe they'll do it with Bumblebee. And I think hopefully Travis Knight is able to get his vision out there because we could potentially see a really cool film. And Travis, please don't make it two hours and forty minutes long. Please make it ninety minutes and ninety minutes. Yeah, a hundred minutes, ninety minutes. Mm. That's mm. that's a good punchy. Let's, let's get that punch back. None of this bullshit. Why, why do they make those so long? Why does, why does Paramount say, like, they can get more sessions in the cinema if they made it two yeah. hours. Yeah. Maybe they feel like if we're going to pay money for this film, we might as well get, like, maybe it's, like, time worth of money, something like that. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows what they're doing? We'll give them, like, movies. two hours to kill if we're, we're going to make them pay to watch this. Oh, Christ. Anyway, here's our final non-story. Non, non-story it is a bit of a non-story it's the wonder woman teaser teaser has dropped <laughs> inception teaser inception teaser it's so this this is kind of taking the whole teaser to a new level um they've they've dropped a 20 second clip to announce that the the trailer will be coming out today essentially we it hasn't come out yet so we can't we can't really comment yeah on it. I, I think, think we kind of thought the, it was going to come out today but we live in australia and everything's upside down here so yeah it, nothing nothing ever comes out so what do you guys think of the of the teaser teaser? Oh, I loved God. it. I, loved I it. mean, it's it's cool. Really... It's twenty seconds of a, of a cool scene. Um, I haven't seen it. I don't. I don't waste my time on teaser teasers. It's ridiculous. <laughs> what this is a trend that has to go away. Yeah. Look, I. I don't know. It's you know, just... it's all it's a content driven era. So where they can milk out another little vid to put on, get people talking about it like oh, us idiots. Yeah, get sharing on Facebook. I mean, the king of that was. 
very recently, Game of Thrones, which made uh, people on Facebook uh, Live, I think, sit through 10 minutes of ice melting to get uh, a date. Like it just like this little plate fell off as soon as the ice melted after like 10 or 20 minutes, whatever it was, and it falls and there's just this date for when the teaser is coming out. I mean, they, they've just, they've inceptioned us. They've... They got you. They got us. Yeah. I felt like, like I, I watched sections of it, felt like such a chump at the end. I was like, oh, thank you for that. I think the movie going experience has changed a lot nowadays where... You're not just experiencing the film in the cinema for the first time. You're getting nine months of lead-up time. Little tidbits coming along the way in the form of photos, set photos, teaser trailers, trailers. So Clips. You can yeah. watch like half an hour of any Marvel yeah. movie before it's out. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a completely different experience and they're going to continue to do this and it's going to only get more saturated with content. I think the irony is that some of the best um, cinema experiences I've ever had are with movies that I knew next to nothing about. So when I went and watched, um, what was the the horror film that came out? I think it was last year. Uh, Lights Out? Lights Out, yeah. yeah. I um I knew next to nothing. I had never seen a trailer for it. I think I had seen like a 20 second like clip type thing. Um, went into that movie not knowing what was going on and really loved it. I thought like, that was because I didn't have any spoilers. I didn't really know what the monster was. I didn't really know who the characters were. And you got to kind of go along this journey as I think that the movies intended it to be. Yeah, a blank slate. It, you, you, you know nothing about what's going on. And I love doing that. I saw Lion recently. I didn't watch any trailers. I didn't really know much about it. It's and the I best way to it. watch it. And I really enjoyed that film. Yeah. So did you cry? I did. Yeah. I, I, mean, I cried for... I, I had a good little weep in ben? that cinema. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I still haven't seen it, so I can keep my dignity for now. But <laughs> I'll watch it, like, you know, alone. Make sure no one can see me. Yeah, but next week we'll probably talk about the trailer, if it's any good. Uh, for Wonder Woman, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, so, look, that's the news for the, for the week. So, we're moving on to uh, some movie reviews. Um, and, George, you had the, the chance to go see Beauty and the Beast as a pre- at a premiere. Yeah. You know, we create exclusive content here at uh, the podcast Strikes Back exclusively for our exclusive clients and uh we get invited to big big events we're pretty big deals i mean one of us does they don't yeah we don't. one of us is a pretty big deal <laughs> through a friend of a friend happened to sneak inside a premiere that's where we're at now <laughs> yeah went to see beauty and the beast the australian premiere at the state theater in sydney cbd um had a great time josh gad was there who plays lefou in the film and he did a little sort of anecdotal uh, ten minute uh, presentation or tidbit thing, powerpoint and everything. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was like more like a TED talk than a than a movie premiere. We spent the first uh, Disney's first openly gay character, isn't yeah, it? yeah, which he is. kind of made waves a bit about this film. And it's I thought it was pretty subtle in the film. A lot of people have been saying, "Oh, it's in your face. It's too in your face." And I I thought, you know, it, it is what it is. It's not a big deal. So as for the review, I think Disney fans are going to be stoked with this film. It feels really uh, spot on and a faithful adaption of the 1991 animated classic. Stays very true to the original uh, and it's a lot more in comparisons to what Jon Favreau did for the Jungle Book live action film, which did feel like it was a bit of a departure and had a lot more elements thrown in. This does feel like um as i said faithful adaptation of 
the film. The, the songs that you love are all there. The characters you love are all there. I thought Emma Watson did an amazing job as Belle, and she didn't really do too much of her Hermione thing. The, the big standout for me was Luke Evans as Gaston. I haven't seen uh, him really in a role like this before. Um, he's never really been able to kind of flex his muscles, and he does generally play like brooding characters and, and yeah, kind of sort of very one-dimensional. Yeah, not, like not, not bad characters. Yeah, just he's like, talking about Dracula Untold. He was he was he was having a right laugh in there. But he always seemed like <laughs> he seemed like a very serviceable kind of actor. But this one, you see him really taking to the role and making that character come to life. Some really funny moments with him. Uh, just I, it, whenever he was on screen, I just didn't want those scenes to end. And his song, um, in the middle in the um tavern, uh, is fantastic. So, um, also, uh, Ewan McGregor as Lumiere, the little uh, candlestick, he did an amazing mm. job. Did he put on a French accent? Yeah, he did, and mm-hmm. I think he did a really good job with it. I wonder if it would have been like worth getting. Was it like a, a true French accent, or was it kind of yeah, French washing? French the outrageous. <laughs> outrageous French accent. This is going to be the biggest movie of the year, right? I think I think you could definitely hit that, you know, $1 billion territory. That really? Beauty and the Beast is huge. That was the first animated film to be nominated for Best Picture. That's why they had to create, like, a Best Animated Oscar. Oh, really? Uh, Oscar, oh. yeah. Like, that's, that's, I, think, I think Up was nominated for Best Picture as well, but that's not something Rightfully that happens so, very often. that's an amazing film. Um. I, I didn't grow up on Beauty and the Beast. I don't have much nostalgia for it. I don't I don't know if yeah, I care too much for this one. But, but um, it was the story was snappy. The editing and pacing of this film was so on point. It it swept by and by the end of the film, you know, it, it just felt punchy and what it needed to be. Um I will say that a couple uh negatives of the film is the new songs and story editions, according to my partner Ashley, who's a diehard fan of the original, grew up on it. Um, from a very early age um, they didn't necessarily take anything away from the film but they did feel a little unnecessary and they tried to do some character um, sort of some more background elements to the character to kind of flesh them out a little bit more and it didn't really it didn't really work and I even picked up on the fact that they weren't original songs I would kind of go to Ashley during the screening is that in the original Oh no no no! That's a new one. So I kind of picked up those songs. Yeah. They didn't quite land felt quite like as kind well. Of pushed in. Yeah, they yeah. didn't quite land as well. Um, the beast's design as well. I thought it was a seven out of ten. It didn't quite get there. I thought the CG was good, and I I felt for the character, and I didn't. I, I liked it as time went on, but the original beast was a lot more sort of. He had a mane, and he was big and bulky and hunched over and this one he was a lot more slender and more like a goatee minotaur kind of thing so didn't didn't quite work how does it compare to the ron perlman version i haven't seen that oh man you should check that okay. out that i'm sure it, i'm sure it's far superior to that <laughs> um and the only other negative is emma thompson's accent it's terrible really? she sounds aussie in some parts. And she's, she's a British actor doing a British accent, and it's bizarre. <laughs> yeah. She does Taylor's Oldest Time, which is the song from the film mm. where they're doing the, yeah, the ballroom, yeah. the dancing scene, and I thought they absolutely butchered it. Really? Yeah, the, the main song, it just didn't land. 
once again. So you sure you, sure you, you sure you like this movie? <laughs> no, I did, and that's the thing is these are those really are only the nitpicky things. Everything else is spot on, and I think fans will be happy. So it's a lock now. They're, they're going to do a live action version of every one. I think got, that's the plan, they? isn't it? Everyone. I, I went back and actually looked at what are the films they've done already, and it's the the one that kicked it off was Alice in Wonderland, Tim Burton's in 2010. Ooh. And we've had Maleficent, we've had Cinderella, we've had Jungle Book, Sleeping Beauty. Next year we've got Mulan, Cinderella. That see that I will I'll dig. And Lion I reckon King that'll be cool. Well. Lion King and every other one you could ever think of. They're all coming. And Dumbo as well. Dumbo. Um, Dumbo. What about Robin, Robin Hood? Will they do it with um There's, with there's already like eight Robin Hood movies in production. Let's not let's not add well, that I'd, 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 Definitely see one with foxes. Connor is a fairy. Um, it's a his deep secret. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a fairy. That is a, a, fairy, a, that a, is a proper obscure reference. I'm only going to watch that Robin Hood film if um, old mate comes back. Rus- Rusty Crow. Rusty Crow, <laughs> directed by Ridley Scott. I actually liked that film. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's weird. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode. We're going to have our Kong Skull Island review and discussion up uh, during the week. And stay tuned for next week's episode where we talk about more crazy movie news. Whoa! <laughs> oh, and we're also going to have a Switch and Zelda discussion up. Oh, that's right, yeah. Which I, I will not be a part of. Yeah, we're excluding you. <laughs> I don't have a Switch. <laughs> Enough out of you.